Son, was the last time you were on the last time we did the support episode? Uh, yeah, it was actually still with the uh, Rodgar and Fiasco. So I haven't yeah. been. This is this new podcast stream is all different with you and Kiwi. You guys changed oh, yeah. things up a lot, so I'm excited. be the thing where the support role has changed a lot in the last few patches um so with you guys being support guys and obviously bonsai being uh kind of doing coaching and him being a support main and then of course son you've been support main ever since we can remember so um and i know like those new support items kind of shook up the role a little bit and kind of changed some things which i knew son you had to get used to and uh, everyone did really so you guys are going to be here doing this for the podcast so it's going to be the bonsai and sun show um this week but uh yeah um Sounds good. i guess before we hop too much into it we'll go ahead and hit housekeeping real quick um the discord guys is where a lot of this stuff happens a lot of a lot of our stuff happens uh, for the attack baron community um and we always post every time the new uh podcast is out or we have a thing for all of our live streams that go on during the week um friendly fives happens in there so uh join the discord um can't say that enough um we have guilds for the eu server the sea server and the and the um na server um I think we have a couple spots left in the NA server, but I'm pretty sure there's room in the other two servers as well. Um, yeah, I think that's it for housekeeping. So we'll go ahead and I'm just going to ask, how has your guys' ranked week been this week? I know it's been a new season. I'm not sure if you guys have been hitting it or not, but uh, son, how's your week uh, been? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. It's been a couple of days since I've, you know, ranked. I've been in uh, doing some couple other things, IRL stuff. So haven't had like the most focus on ranked. My ranked so far hasn't been the greatest, but could be worse. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, the last the yeah. last couple of days I have been playing around with Ash support with like the sickle and whatnot. I've gotten around to that, and that's been mixed results. I've had fun <laughs> to say the least, but definitely mixed results. Yeah, this is, season has definitely been like uh, experimentation for me as well. It's just like I, I want to try some new stuff. I want to try a little bit more damage dealing jungles instead of all the tank jungles I normally play. So it's been fun to do that. And then I've actually been tearing up the Baron lane lately with like almost permanent split pushing. Like <laughs> it's just uh lots of games with like only one or two kills i think i i, I had an inting sire on game where i went like oh and 10 but we still won so yeah, i saw that post. that was interesting i'm like did he fall did he succumb to the pressure but it, it was, was funny to listen. yeah they they banned i hovered yone and then i hovered gwen and my team banned them both immediately so i was like well we're just gonna do perma split push scion then and literally i got I think six out of the nine towers. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. I died a lot and it felt like a really bad win, but I mean, we won. So the mental oh. pressure of a scion taking all your turrets. Yeah. It, that's, that's how you win. We were, we were really far down in kills as well. I think it was like 21 to 37 or something. Like it was pretty bad. So, wow. um, yeah, but how's your uh, weekend? Well, uh, I was trying to move up to D3 today because um, mm. I really only spend about three days like really grinding. And then the rest of the days of the week, I maybe play two or three games out of the two or three games in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I was trying to hit D3 today. Uh, I'm still about two marks or a mark with fortitude or something like that from uh, grinding. Um, and I at the beginning of the season for me i just pull out my like my bread and butter so i just like spam mm -hmm. ap nami and uh pull out thresh every now and then and recon um and uh trying to like keep a balance of like duo queue zero queue and solo queue 
Um, right. Beginning of the season, you know, there's a lot of skill gap. So. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Just, you know, everyone's just trying to fall back into place and then see if they've improved. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely felt that st- skill gap as I've kind of gone through the week. Oh, my word. Like, literally one game will be like platinums and like you feel like you're just creaming them. And then the next game, you're the one getting creamed. And it's just yep. like, yep, this is the beginning of the season. But, um, yep. Uh, um, support has kind of been, for me at least, like my third or fourth role. I usually do Baron, or sorry, Jungle, and then mid lane, and then usually like support slash ADC. So, like, I'm not from, as familiar with these. Um, but with the new items that came in, the Relic Shield and the Sickle, uh, how are you guys feeling about those? You guys like them? I've just been spamming the Sickle item with Nami. I feel like it's probably one of the easier champs to grind the gold, grind the gold stacks with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I, when they first came out, change is scary. I don't like change. I hated them. But I came around to it. And I realized, do you know what? I should take the free gold when I can. So it's like, it's kind of at the point where, like, if you don't have the support items, you're kind of trolling. Like, that's like the way support is now intended to be played. That's the way, like, Wild Rift Riot kind of wants you to play. So it's like, you kind of have to learn to play with them. And they're like super beneficial, right? Like, they do have that really nice, uh, Boot enchant cooldown, and you know, mm-hmm. for five hundred thing, like for five hundred gold, they are you know the most stat efficient items. So yeah, it's like they're definitely helpful to support. So it's a uh, it's nice that supports get some uh, some love, get some I don't know help with the gold income. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I've kind of felt that too. Is like. One like a couple of games, I'll forget to take the the enchant item or the yeah or not the enchant, but the the sickle or the relic shield, the support item, and I'll be down like a thousand gold before any time at all. It's just like even if we're even in lane or even winning a little bit, I'll still be down, and I'm just like so confused. But then I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't take the support item, and it's just they're getting so much gold off of that. It just feels almost impossible if you don't take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually the, like, especially when I find, like, there was a couple of games where, like, for whatever dumb reason, I forgot to take the support item. And it's like a training phase. You don't really notice it, right? Because, like, I'm either, like, a, you know, a karma or someone who's, like, hugely poking. I'm like, okay, I have my amp tome. I have more, you know, a little bit more damage than uh, the other support. But then mid game rolls around, and then I'm like, down an item, down boot enchants or something, and it just feels so bad. Like mm-hmm. it's being behind as a support, I think, is like one of the worst feelings ever. But that just might be me. It can definitely be rough for sure. Um, our next type type of thing that always always hard for me is to know when to go an enchanter versus a tank, and maybe there's not like a good divide for one versus the other other than maybe your tank your team doesn't have a tank um do you guys prefer enchanters or do you guys prefer the tanks uh well personally i uh use both like i kind of have this sick philosophy that i want to be good at all the champions in the support role so i'm not really great at any of them um Correct me if I'm wrong, Bonsai, but kind of like my difference between the two is like kind of what the team needs and how can I like most or like what my team needs and what can benefit the team the most, right? Um, Especially if I'm not first pick, right? If I'm first pick, then I just, you know, kind of go for comfort or whatever strong. Nami's always strong. Thresh is my crutch, so I can always whip him out. And uh, right. perform, usually perform well. But um, if, like, my team already has a good front line, some nice tanky people, or someone who is good with a with 
like is a good hypercarry or a good carry. Like if I have a vein, kale, cast, and someone who's like almost like a guaranteed, like yo, I can put my eggs into this carry's basket and we can win. Mm-hmm. Then usually an enchanter is usually the way to go. If your team is lacking that front line or if it's lacking engage, then usually you want any of the more tankier options. I right. find. Yeah. And, you know, I can really feel that. And it's kind of weird. Like, whenever I go to play Enchanters, it's just like I feel like I'm in the back line the whole game. And maybe that's the way you're supposed to play. Like, but like, I feel like if I'm not spot on with like my abilities, then we're basically just losing versus a tank might be a little bit more forgiving. You just have to kind of <laughs> be there to soak up damage. Um, I think it depends on the tank because sometimes if you're all the engaged they have, it's. I feel like being an enchanter is actually a little bit more forgiving because if you're, mm. like, if you're playing Thresh, you miss a hook or you miss a flay, and then that's your like that's part of your yeah. kit. That's all you're engaged, so mm-hmm. uh, they can kind of like go in on you after that. Versus if you're playing like Nami and you blow your ult, like. At least, uh, at least it slows them, and you can walk away, and it says distance. Uh, okay. You have a bubble. Um, I don't know with karma. I feel like karma is really forgiving too, because you can just like kind of kite back a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, but that makes a lot of sense. I think it's, I mean, it's like I said last week. Like, it's really important to just like have three champions that can play. You can play enchanter and tank, mm-hmm. um, and then try to focus in like i think thresh is really good right now with because of relic item and i think he's been kind mm-hmm. of like slowly coming up a little bit more i'm seeing him a little bit more often um and then like nami and karma uh still like really strong i think like solo q carry enchanters soraka also is still getting perma banned so mm-hmm. if you can sneak her in and you get a good team comp like she's pretty guaranteed win right there yeah, we actually just had a game where we were playing in a five stack, and uh, yeah, we had a Soraka, and it just felt that, like the other team just could not kill us. It was just crazy mm-hmm. the amount of. Well, that's because like, your enchanters are always like it. It does kind of suck because you are standing in the back the whole time, but that's that's kind of where you're supposed to be standing, it's right next to your yeah. ADC. Yeah, and I find the biggest thing is like. Both of them, like, no matter what, Enchanter or Tanks, but I find it a little bit more with Enchanters because you don't have, like, as a forgiving health pool. But it's, uh, you're really, you need to be really cognizant of your positioning, especially with Enchanters, because, like, you don't have the same amount of health as a tank, right? So you, as an Enchanter, you kind of need to stay in that back line because how you carry as an Enchanter is... Um, you know, by buffing your carries, right? Making your carries carry harder. While with tanks, your positioning still needs to be good because you might have the ultimate four or five man Alistair combo, but if you don't have any damage with it, then you're just in the middle of five people and about to die. So it's kind of both of them kind of have their situations, but they still like have that same crutch as almost any position does is that how you kind of position your character and uh, what your focus is on with how you actually win the game or with win team fights. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so after, you know, if I've kind of picked an enchanter or, you know, I'm, I'm the support role, like when you start to roll into the early game, like, is there anything like you look for on like when the first waves collide do you like look to push every time do you look to to or or i guess should i say are you being aggressive are you being passive like what what's your guys's like go to or is there like just situational stuff uh for me it's uh it just depends on the matchup um if i'm playing an enchanter into an engage that has like a strong level one or level three i'll usually just like freeze the wave uh or let it uh shove out to me or towards my side of the map if my adc is like allowing it to happen but for solo queue like if my adc is just standing there and just perma farming 
then I'll either just like try to poke and zone them um, mm -hmm. or just like let them let my ADC just like walk up a little bit and get hit so that they can get the point that they need to walk back and let them shove towards us because it's a lot harder for engaged tanks to dive you under turret than it is if their lane's frozen in the middle or if uh, you're pushed up against their turret, then they can just zone you out from your wave. So, mm. like, if I'm playing Nami, I usually just, like, try to go in um, and just go for early aggression. Like, anytime they walk up or they use an ability, then I'll just punish them. Um, and I try to, like, stay parallel to my ADC. I think that's something that, like, a lot of people don't really... Uh, watch for when they're in lane because you're playing like solo queue mm -hmm. is your the range and the distance between your adc when you're in lane versus the distance between the two other people and trying to make sure that you're always in range to like use a spell or auto attack but also not far or not close enough that the like they can engage on you so it's being like p parallel versus perpendicular to your adc like actually allows mm. you to like lane a little bit easier and be a little bit more in range to watch out for them or be there ready for them. But it really just depends yeah. on the matchup. And if you're playing an engaged support, I, for me, a lot of it's about bush control um, in lane mm. and making sure that if they can't see you, then they can't, they don't know what you're going to do versus if you're just spinning around in lane, which a lot of people do is they're just going to be pretty obvious when you're, trying to walk up or mm -hmm. or go to them right mm -hmm. i uh i definitely agree with the 2v2 matchup that's a big part of it i think another big part of it is unfortunately the jungle because like you know especially if you're like in comms or not even if you just like you know have a jungler who wants to gain through a lane if you know if it's like your jungle ganking right then maybe you want to let the enemy team push in especially if there's like a level two ganking jungler like a pantheon or a jarvan if like they start red buff and almost immediately come to like uh to level two gank uh dragon lane then i usually try and you know make it in a position where it's easier for my jungle to gank right or if i know the enemy jungler is a good ganker then usually i try to put myself in a position where it we're not overextended and we would be, you know, a prime uh, position to get gained. So it's also, unfortunately, a, a thing about um, your jungler and then also kind of like how, yeah, the jungler and then 2v2 and kind of yeah. how you ward for the jungler, right? Because, like, if you're being aggressive, you need to, you know, play and respect the jungler if he is coming, right? Got to mm -hmm. put the words down in. Yeah. Right. And uh, you mentioned a little bit about warding. Like, what, what's like, what's your typical, like, early warding situation look like as a support? Because, like, for me, I just plop down, like, a yellow in not the tri bush, if you're on, like, bot side, not the tri bush, but the bush across from it along the wall. Like, that's my usual go to bush to, to put one to put a ward in. And I, I guess that's just, like, where I always put them. But, like, what, what do you guys do? If I'm playing red side, um, I will try to move towards their blue camp as much as possible, as fast as possible to drop a ward either in the entrance to the river or uh, sometimes I'll just see if I can go further up and see if they do have a pink ward dropped. And I've actually been mm -hmm. seeing a lot of junglers not doing that lately, so I've been abusing oh. that. Um not dropping pinks on their blue before they yeah. go to their red side, their first camp. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm playing blue side, I actually wait until, um, let's see, jungle red, red spawns at what, 25 seconds, 18 seconds, 20, 20, 20 seconds. Yep. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. You mm -hmm. can start attacking it at 20 seconds, right? Mm -hmm. It takes you about like, I'd say like a minute. At a minute and 15 seconds, that's when you're probably like done or either moving on to your second camp. So that's actually when I drop my yellow is oh, right okay. around a minute 15, minute 30, because then I know that's when they're going to be pathing 
if I if I go and I drop my wards, like my yellows, at or before one minute, then I mm -hmm. feel like I'm not getting the full extent of that. Yeah, yeah, because your your wards just going to be sitting there looking at nothing for for a while. About a minute. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I get that. What do you do, son? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's pretty good general stuff. I'm a con like a control ward slave, so I always buy that first, and especially if I'm on uh, what is it, red side, mm -hmm. I usually put it in that tri bush. Uh, really good vision denial. Um, the other thing that I usually like doing, um, especially if I'm playing like a really good level one um, support, like Blitz Thresh, if I can find a uh, cheese kill. Um, it's a, not a bad idea to kind of bush camp that classic strategy. Sometimes it, you still can catch um, the enemy dueling, sleeping, or, you know, just not as cognizant, especially if you have a really great um, bubble one champ um, to engage mm -hmm. in, try and get a cheese kill, try and place a ward in the enemy lane bush. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I played blitz like as one of my su main support picks um and obviously like people have problems with him for various reasons reasons but um like i feel like whenever i'm blitz and we're losing lane like it's really like it makes blitz almost impossible to play um what would you guys do if you guys are like what do you guys look to do if you guys are like losing lane or if you're in like a really bad matchup? Like, what do you guys look to do there? Um, I, this might sound bad, but sometimes I just leave lane. Mm. Um, you know, if my ADC isn't good or if I don't feel like we're winning, whether that's my fault or whether that's their fault or we're just getting camped um, mm -hmm. as a support, I, I kind of have the luxury. And I think some ADCs, need to get this in their heads too is like you can just wait for the waves to keep coming to you like if they're gonna right. four man dive they're gonna keep camping you topside then just like just walk away you don't if they take the turret and then you die it's like well now you gave them a kill and a turret instead of mm -hmm. just a turret and you can stay on the map and keep farming so it's um that's kind of like what i typically do if like if we're in a rough matchup mm -hmm. um or I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's like really the main answer because it's like once that lane's lost, the lane's lost. And it's like, right. see if you can try to do something else somewhere else or um, just keep just the lane's lost and start thinking about what you're going to do next and where you're going to be able to try to find areas mm -hmm. of opportunity on the map. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And it's like, especially if you're into like a bad matchup, um, as a bit of an Alistair player, if you're against an enchanter, the first few levels really suck. So the whole goal is when, like, this is kind of for any lane, but whenever you're into a bad matchup, you're trying to lose as little as possible, right? Like, if you're a, you know, counterpick, you're going to lose, right? But you kind of have to mitigate losses as best you can. So it kind of depends on the champ you're playing. Um, but you, as Bonsai said, you maybe you roam around the map, try help other lanes, right? If dual mm -hmm. lanes not. You know, if your ADC is not playing well or if you guys just don't jive, well, you know, try and help someone try to help another lane so that they can be in a position to carry because you and your ADC won't be able to. So, and as long as I said, that's kind of like the luxury of the support is that we can kind of be like a second jungler where we can kind of gank wherever if need mm -hmm. be. So, and something that, I remember too is that most supports enchanter supports and engaged supports by level three have everything they need to get a kill potential in mm -hmm. at least for early levels before level five so if you're like having a rough lane up until level three typically around like, like two minutes or a little bit after two minutes you'll do your first recall like after your, mm -hmm. when you, once you get your first recall and you're level three or you have your kit available just go walk down to the Baron lane. Like I guarantee you, you'll, you'll find something to do down there or just walk down the mid lane uh, and just mm -hmm. kind of hover um, so you can kind of see what else is on the map. And then um, you're not really like losing time 
uh, coming back to lane. Yeah. Right. And with like going, I really like going down mid lane because if, uh, especially if your jungler is like, you know, kind of posturing for some like invading or team fighting, it's a lot easier to help them from coming from mid than trying to come from, uh, you know, whatever side of the map dual lane is on, right? Whether that's top or bot, you're having to come possibly all the way across the map from rather than from mid, which is already a lot closer, so. Yeah. And, like, whenever I play jungle, like, I kind of do, like, the same thing type of a deal where it's like, okay, this lane is losing, and they're going to continue to lose. Me ganking the lane is not really going to help a ton type of a deal. Like, they're they're still not going to be in the lead if I gank, or it might ease up some pressure, like, temporarily, but it's just going to be right back. So, like, I'll go help other people and put my resources my main resources into other people. Not that I won't ever go up there or won't ever help them out or whatever. It's just that that's not going to be my focus anymore. And like, I can see how with support, it'd be kind of the same thing where you're just kind of like, Oh, well they're already losing me being here. Isn't going to make them lose less. Like if they just stay safe and like uh, Bonsai said, like let the waves come to them. Like they're still going to be losing the same amount of stuff they would, if I was there. But also they're going to be splitting XP with you, um, so like I could see how then you just go and you basically make your other lanes win, and how that could just like influence the map versus like just staying there beating your head against a wall. You know, it's like it's already not working, so why just stay down there? So that's really cool. Something you kind of mentioned there is, which is kind of big brain, is um, if you're an engaged tank, typically like your level five is like a it's kind of like an added bonus. Like your level five power spike isn't going to be that important unless you're playing like Malphite or something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so getting that like early level three or level like close to level four roam before you hit level five, like can help your ADC power spike, especially. And if you're losing lane and you leave, like you have a point, like you're just splitting XP. Like at least they're going to get all the XP and all the gold up there as long as they don't die and they just let it they back up. Mm -hmm. um and knowing that can sometimes be advantageous like you know sometimes i'll give my adc an early level two over the other adc so that i know we can deal more damage to them right and it, it's kind of it's kind of weird how you know that you leaving the lane might cause also the dual laners to push up and then you and your jungler could also coordinate to set up a really good uh gank mm -hmm. on them because you got two people now coming coming from jungle side like they're not going to be ready for that so um yeah. um i would also kind of ask you guys do you guys ever look to like invade with your jungle like if they're going for an invade do you just like automatically just kind of go go and help or um do you guys just like nope that's his thing just leave him alone let him do what he's doing I find it's a lot on our lane state, like any other lane state, as mm. you as a jungler should know. It's kind of like, how can can my lanes help me? Do they have the push? Do they have the priority, right? So if I, like if the jungle is invading the same side that dual lane's on, I usually try and help push. But, you know, sometimes if like we're getting pushed in, you know, we're in a bad matchup or something, we're getting pushed in and the jungler wants to invade, well, I kind of blame the jungler on that one, right? He kind of needs to mm -hmm. use his eyes and be like, right. Yo, yeah. he, got, he won't get the assistance, right? But if I'm like, if we're pushing up, I'm like, okay, I don't really have anything to do, right? We are going to push up. I can't find a good engage or I can't find good poke on the duo lane. Can I help the jungler out? You know, just take scuttle. That's going to help him, right? Help is clear. Take scuttle faster. Can we invade? Like, if mm -hmm. the possibility is there, I definitely want to look for it. But it's like, I kind of also have to prioritize, you know, if I can do it, right? I just don't want to, uh, like, if I'm under my turret and the jungler is invading, it's like I can't run through a whole minion wave to enemy people to, you know, lose or completely die before I can actually help the jungler, so. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that kind of makes sense where, like, it would really, I guess, like, as a jungler, I guess I always look for it before I go in, but that would make a lot of sense, it being dependent on the wave. Like, obviously, if if the duo lane is pushed back, if they're not, if they don't have priority in lane, they're not gonna, like, as a jungler, you're not gonna want to invade anyway, so that, that makes a lot of sense. So, like, if, if the option's there, then you're going for it, so, yeah. Um... Like I've I've heard a lot of things about like body blocking for your ADC. Is that more of a tank thing, or do enchanters do that too? With as far as like body blocking big abilities for your ADC, or do you just like I guess let them take it and then try to get them out? Like, is there any like I guess? Uh, I think it just depends on how much health I have, to be honest. Okay. Whether I'm playing, whether I'm playing an engaged or or an enchanter if i'm playing an enchanter it definitely depends on how much health i have but yeah <laughs> yeah because i always think of that as a tank thing like okay i'm i'm the tank i'm supposed to be you know tanking for the adc so i'm gonna try to step in front of i mean there's whatever like certain, Ash ult or like an auction ult you can kind of like let them take some of it and you take some of it mm -hmm. kind of because you can just like walk to the side a little bit i'm not going to take a caitlin ult to the face for you if i don't have enough health <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know if there's and at the end of the day it really just depends how much health do i have and what's coming at me and what what can yeah. i do yeah and it also i find i find myself it also kind of depends on the carry that i'm wanting to protect right because if it's mm -hmm. like my fed draven who has like a 10 kills and a thousand gold shut down Oh yeah, I'm a hundred percent willing to give my life over so that he doesn't die, right? But if it's like an mm -hmm. oh ten, you know, vein ready to run it down, <laughs> no way, Jose. I am like I'm ready to like just let it die on her own. So it's body blocking kind of takes a little bit of skill and nuance, kinda have to recognize who the carry is, what the as bonds I said, what the ability is, how much health. Would the right. body blocking the skill help, like help the team fight or help the like help my ADC more, or does it hurt? Right, because if I block right. it and I die, and then the ADC dies right after, then it's not really mm -hmm. worth. Right? So yeah, right. No, I get that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so as a jungler, um, I always look to see if which like which side is stronger so like for whenever the first objective comes up so like dragon if if dragon lane i feel is stronger then i'll usually go to that side to take the dragon if not i'm usually hurrying to take the rift herald burn it down and then once i'm done burning it down maybe look at dragon as a secondary option if the enemy is not already on it um but whenever objectives come up from the support side of things if your jungler calls for uh rift herald are you guys still looking to go to dragon or or maybe just what do you guys look to do whenever the the first objective spawns um for me I, um it's just wherever the jungler's at and if he's not ready then i'm not leaving lane um mm. there's like today there was just a bunch of times when our trio queue our jungler um they weren't at an objective and we're like well the jungler's not there. Like, what are we gonna do? We're just gonna walk yeah. up and die. Like, no, just keep shoving lane. Um, and you know, if if we can, if they're on, like, if the only reason I, would, I think I would contest dragon is if the jungler was on Rift Herald when it spawned, mm. and right. the, and the enemy wasn't at jung at dragon when it spawned. Like, if our jungler's on Rift Herald and it spawned, and like him and the Baron laner are doing it or him and the mid laner are doing it, or he's just soloing it. Um, then yeah, maybe I'll look like a peek into the river and see, mm. but, uh, I've had some pretty nasty, uh, objective steals today and this week. So <laughs> it's, if you're playing Nami, like you might, you might be able to steal a dragon. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, I've always found, like, the support, like you said, I guess you're going wherever the support. So do you, like, back before the drag? Like, if he's pinging, like, I'm going to Rift Herald, Rift Herald's coming up in 30 seconds. I just kind of, I just, if he if they're smart enough and they have the decency to ping it and they are actually keeping track of their time and they know where they want to be, 
when the objective spawns and they're communicating it, I will hundred percent. I'm on board. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I'm really just kind of watching. Uh, typically okay. what happens is if I'm playing blue side, the enemy jungler is typically going to be at red side when dragon spawns. Mm. And I feel like on blue side, majority of the time I either see the jungler like on their way because they just finished ganking Baron lane because I think that's just the way the jungle pathing kind of like falls into place. Yeah. When you start because you go red, blue, red, blue, and then you go back to red one more time mm -hmm. typically before objective spawns. So if you're on right. the red side of the, or the, yeah, if you're on the blue side of the map, then um, it, I feel like it might be more convenient for the jungler to just do Rift Herald because they're going to be down there versus mm -hmm. the other side of the map. Like I typically see junglers come up for dragon. Uh, so it really just depends on like what they want to do. And I'm kind of watching them as it, as it's coming up. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm also like, if, if I'm just not ready for it, then I'll just back. And if he doesn't realize that I'm backing and he's trying to do it by himself, then like that's on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a support, kind of like the whole goal as a support is you want to support your entire team, right? So usually that can, that is in the form of, you know, helping first your ADC and then helping the rest of your team, whether with objectives or whatnot. But I find sometimes that um, that can also like help that can also mean by like supporting the win condition. And if that win condition is your ADC, um, then I just, you know, kind of babysit my ADC a bit longer. If we can get a turret while the enemy team's 3v3ing bot, then, you know, that's, or like on the other side of the map, then I'm like, okay, whatever, that's fine, right? I'm not really needed there. But it's kind of, I find it kind of sometimes nuanced with like, you want to help with whatever will help win you the game, right? You want to support right. whatever play that will help win the game. So sometimes that does involve helping the jungler with the objective. Usually it should, but if your jungler is brainless or it doesn't make the right call, then <laughs> then you kind of have to, you know, support other sides of the map. And sometimes that involves just like, yo, we can't do anything. We just have to, you know, as a support, Maybe we're losing. We just have to, you know, suck it up and get what farm or gold we can. So, yeah. And do you guys, whenever you guys uh, are looking to come to first objective, do you guys like try to consciously make sure you have a ward for it, or is that just something like if you have it, it's good? If not, then well, no big deal. Yeah, I think so. Usually, you do want a uh, ward for the objective. Um, mm -hmm. Whether that is whether you place it before or during the objective, you definitely want to kind of have one ready for an objective. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, I as a jungler, I always look to try to make sure I always have the the red, either the pink ward ready or the scanner ready, just depending on. Usually it's depending on what side of the map I'm on. Like if I'm coming to the backside of Dragon Pit, I'll usually try to have a red ward. Um just because I can throw it over the wall and see it and see if there's already, you know, words in there or whatever. And it's easier to, uh, easier to guard on that side. But if I'm, you, if I take scanner, obviously scanner runs out versus the, the pink ward just sits there and anyone who tries to poke a ward over there, you can kill it. But, um, yeah, I always try to have at least something to be able to clear vision, um, around the dragon. I usually try to be there early, but like, like you said, like on blue side, it's especially hard because the way the pathing goes, um, like I'll usually what I'll end up doing is I'll usually end up taking red buff and just leaving the other two camps and backing immediately and then going to dragon is usually what I find myself doing if I want to prioritize the dragon over the Rift Herald, which is it's annoying. I'll be honest, like it's really annoying to have to do that because it just messes up your whole your whole pathing uh, cycle and the timings and stuff. But um, if dragon dragon's really worth it, especially if it's infernal, you, you just kind of got to make that choice. So, um, but yeah, um, I'm not sure. 
at like if you're the first one in the pit, does the support usually look to zone, or are they just kind of sitting in the pit just watching, or is it just kind of like a situation dependent type thing? Um, well, ideally, I'm never in the pit. Um, oh, okay. It, just pull yeah, it out. I try to. Yeah, I try to stand out. Either if I'm try to stand like near the blue entrance, if that's mm-hmm. our side. Um, and then just kind of like look to the left or the right is where I usually am always, I'm not, if, because if I, if I have, if we have vision on the other side of the pit, then like, and it's pulled out, then we can't really, they can't really jump over and mm-hmm. secure something so I can get behind the dragon if it's pulled out. So I'm usually looking right. left or right there. But if we are just like doing the dragon inside the pit, um, I'll try to I'll try to like throw a bubble over the wall or try to uh walk um around the tri bush and come in from the tri bush side mm-hmm. so that I can get prio on the bush that's in front of the red buff right. um and zone them out there cuz like if if I die but we get the objective then I'm like cool with that I'm playing engage yeah. but if I'm playing enchanter I try not to die cuz I'm the one trying to keep my team alive so right. I'll usually try to play farther back and use my CC to keep them away. But I think zoning is like definitely the number one priority. It's definitely just like what can you do to zone in each situation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I find, uh, especially more as an engage, because you have a little bit more health, but like if I'm, you know, kind of not the healthiest. And when I when the objective starts, I got poked out, I showed up late, whatever. Um, if I'm if I know I can't really zone that well, then I will try kind of take over the job of tanking the objective, because then you know it doesn't kill me as fast as the enemy team will, right? So then I can help burn it down. And then someone because usually the jungler um kind of has some form of CC or a peel. If you know, mm-hmm. like they're a tank jungler or a bruiser, usually have some form of that. So I can kind of keep the objective busy while they might, you know, peel off or a zone. So it's I kind of find it's a bit situational with who I'm playing and kind of how much health I have and what can I do. Because as Bonsai said, if I'm like an enchanter, I kind of just want to keep my team alive, right? Use my healing and shielding on whoever is kind of taking either the poke or tanking the objective. So it's kind of that balance between what can I do to uh, either zone or, you know, help my team so that we can mm-hmm. still secure the objective, but I don't have to always die. Sometimes, as long as I said, if I die for the objective, worth. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I guess, do you guys, like, try to pull the ADC over with you or let the ADC stay in lane? Um, whenever that happens, whenever you go for first objective, uh, I mean it depends. If it's Rift Herald, like the ADC can just stay in lane, and if they die, that's on them. They should have. Or we're getting the Rift Herald. You should just, just like walk away from the turret a little bit. Um, but if it's on Dragon, I feel like they're gonna come. You know, mm-hmm. you get the typical mm-hmm. spam ping missing. On, on uh, I think you're doing, but if you're doing. You guys should both go mid. You guys should both recall and then just go mid mm-hmm. because if they're gonna push that top tower, then you can push mid lane up and then be there to secure the rift herald and then have more pressure on the other side of the map. Okay. Yeah. And I've I've actually seen that quite a bit where duo lane will back and then go mid um right before the objective spawns so that way then whichever side the jungler needs, basically they can get the two can pull mm-hmm. from mid and go to mm-hmm. it. I've actually seen that quite a bit in uh But that pro depends on how your stuff. leaning phase, I think, goes for the most part. In mm-hmm. pro and competitive, there's a standard time around like, oh, I think it's like three minutes, 30 seconds, or closer to, I think it's four minutes, closer to four minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, yeah, like three minutes, 30 seconds, three minutes, 20 seconds, or something like that. There's like a range. I forget the number. But yeah, but, uh, mid and bot lane switch okay yeah um it just becomes a safer way, 
it just becomes what uh mid lane it the reason is because mid lane is the safest lane out of all three of mm -hmm. them uh because it's the closest one to the turret uh it's the easiest one to get to from mid lane and it's the easiest one to walk back to tier two from um so keeping your carrying or support in the mid lane uh, sometimes you'll see teams in competitive rotate even earlier depending on the matchup and like what they're trying to do um but for like solo queue or duo queue like i think just like keeping in mind that like when the objective comes up to spawn or after the objective spawns like you as an ad as a support you should just be like roaming between mid and bot and like sticking to closer to mid um mm -hmm. and like the adc should like if typically like you're solo you're gonna see the adc just like keep pushing that lane by themselves because they want their turret right. so you just kind of like try to you kind of have to hover them um or i just sometimes i just if we're winning hard on the other side of the map like i don't even care about the adc trying to push right. lane by himself like it's on you yeah mm -hmm. um so i would say as far as like uh team fighting then once you you've kind of like come out of laning phase and stuff as a support are you like basically just becoming a second ganker like a second like jungler type deal where you're just ganking whatever lane needs ganked or are you like sticking close to just like the people who are doing good or what do you guys usually try to do yeah kind of both those things right because like if there's you kind of want to stick close to whoever is doing good and then try and help them get more ahead right so mm -hmm. whether that's your adc mid laner jungler um baron laner it's kind of like you kind of want to um play to your win condition right and whatever whoever that is you want to play around them help them get more ahead right so you kind of want to gang for them protect them from like ganks and whatnot so um you kind of had it where you kind of have to play that balance between helping get your team ahead while making sure you're not um giving over you know shutdowns or kills or anything you kind of have to protect your carry a little bit too yeah, I have a pretty yeah. bad habit sometimes of just like if my ADC does not leave that lane, like if we lose the lane or whatever reason, or we win the lane and they keep pushing that lane for some reason, like I will just I'll just leave them. Like I'm mm -hmm. not gonna stay in that lane the whole game. Um, but you know if they decide to rotate over to mid, like I think if it's important in solo queue, like. Yes, you do kind of need to protect your ADC in team fights. You need to stand mm -hmm. next to your ADC as much as possible. Because uh, typically that's going to be the best, like, if you were to, like, pause a team fight and, like, look at the range of, like, what where your spells are at and, like, what you can actually do if you're playing mm -hmm. an Enchanter, like, that backline area is the best place for you to be, and that's where your ADC should be. Um but if you're playing an engage support, uh, kind of depends. Like you're kind of moving to the, you're kind of starting at the front and then moving to the back, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've seen the that. Mid -game, during the mid game, like you're just kind of hovering. I feel like that's really mm -hmm. all you're doing is continuing to farm your relic shield and not forgetting that you need that item to continue <laughs> to evolve. Um, and they've done that. <laughs> yeah you're like yeah it's like you like get out of laning phase and then your relic shield just like doesn't isn't evolved yet yeah you're like it's like 12 minutes it's still sitting there I'm yeah. like oh boy <laughs> like, that's why i think sickle is still a little stronger because you don't have to worry about it as much mm -hmm. but yeah you just like keep farming your your support item and then look to look at where the jungler is going or look at and maybe kind of have a plan in your own head of like what do you want to do what what's the next objective that you want to see taken right. and uh typically you know they might be on the same page so yeah so whenever you guys go into like the mid to late game do you guys like try to become the shot caller if 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 the jungler is not already doing it or someone's already not doing it do you guys just look to try to like take over and like just kind of say hey let's go here hey let's go there or do you guys just kind of like like 
follow the team around and just help them out. Yeah, I try to make shot calls if I think they're good enough, right? I always, as a support, I think I'm one of the more objective-focused supports. Um, that's what I think of myself. So I always mm-hmm. try to like look for the next objective, the next you know neutral thing we can fight for and see, okay, when's the next Dragon spawning? When's the next Drift Herald spawning? What can I do to make sure that right. my team is in a good spot to get that, right? So mm-hmm. usually, as Bonsai said, it's like you kind of want to have your own game plan of what you want to do. Um, sometimes, you know, there's someone else who's like already shot calling and you're like, okay, they're doing a good job of it. And, you know, you kind of follow the leader, follow whoever is kind of strong and whatnot. But mm-hmm. as uh, Bonsai said earlier, you're kind of always like hovering um, to see where you can help out the most with. Right. And... I know you kind of said earlier that in a team fight, you kind of like suggested being close to the ADC. Whenever, when you say ADC, are you talking about like the actual ADC or like the person who's going to be putting out the most damage? Or do you just kind of like interchange, like kind of interchangeable there? Because like, um, I guess a better way maybe to phrase it is like, are you going to be supporting and peeling for for the ADC, even though they might be doing bad or not as good as someone else, or are you going to be trying to stick to stick to the Zed or the or not maybe not the Zed, but like maybe like uh, a Darius who's doing good or Jax or someone like that who's who's doing better, but maybe not not close to your ADC. I think it depends because you don't really want the enemy team to abuse your ADC either. Because, uh, like, yes, after a certain point, your ADC, like, isn't going to be worth much. And mm-hmm. you kind of want to avoid getting to that point. Because if, like, if you have a Baron Lane Darius and, like, he's fed, the, mm-hmm. they're, like, nobody, they, everybody's going to be afraid of him. Like, okay. it's going to take a lot of resources, I think, to, like, you know, go mess with him. And I think, like, in a team fight, you definitely want to play around him. But I think when you're just, like, laning, and you're like in between the skirmishes and in between the fights, you're just like making sure that your ADC isn't getting totally behind, but also yeah. making sure that like at the end of the day, like what's going to carry this game is that ye that's like 12 and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it's also kind of what champion you're playing, right? What support champion, right? Cause as a you know enchanter, you definitely want to be more around whoever your carry is, protecting them, uh, shielding them, healing them, buffing them. Right? As an enchanter, that's your job. As an you know a tank engager, you can still protect them a little bit. But I find sometimes as an Alistair Thresh Blitzcrank, you're finding a you can find a lot of success with like being the initiator, starting fights, you know, finding that pick and whatnot. So it's also a bit champion dependent. And kind of like, because, you know, if you have a Fed Darius and you um, hit the four-man Alistair knock-up into Darius, so that's just a one-team fight. So it's mm-hmm. also a bit uh, champion-dependent and what you're and who you are playing as a support and what you want to accomplish. Right. Because, like, your support might not mesh up with the whoever's in the lead, like... Like it's hard to support like a Fizz or a or a Zed or someone who's really super mobile. Whenever you're like, I don't know, someone like like a Lulu or something. Like obviously, like you make him big, but other than that, it's just kind of hard to stay on top of him and give him buffs and stuff. So, um, I know Bonsai, you mentioned earlier that uh, that basically you went, you were going full AP Nami uh, oh, here recently. Sickle Ludens into uh, Morella Namicon and or Rylai's Scepter, uh, uh, or maybe like Imperial's Mandate. But I've been starting okay. Ludens Echo Nami, and uh, they get mad at me for KSing. They get doing all this DS. <laughs> but I went on like an eight game win streak the other day with it. And like for solo yeah. queue, I think it's uh, for solo queue, I think you'd be surprised how much damage you can do. <laughs> um, yeah. But so so when do you choose to go a full ap versus like building the the support items like when i think i think at this point i just abuse full ap nami i don't think there's mm-hmm. any other i just go ludens 
Imperial Mandate, and then like a Rylize if I'm running uh, Font of Life, or if I'm running Ari, then I'll just go like a little bit more full AP, like Cosmic Drive mm-hmm. is really good for me, um, just because you can kite more. Um, I yeah. think the only time like I pick up real support items anymore, like Ardent Sensor or Harmonic Echo or anything like that, is if like I play Soraka or if I'm like super ahead and I have like two health items. Hmm. Interesting. Cause like I know tank tanks are kind of easier to itemize, right? Because they're kind of like you, you just build armor or, or magic resist or health. Like those are the big things that you build and there's not like a, a ton of choices, but with, with supports where they can go AP and a lot of their skills uh, scale off of AP anyways, like, it's always hard for me to judge when I should actually take like a harmonic echo or something, unless it's just like everyone builds harmonic echo on whoever on Soraka or whatever. It's just like, it's super hard for me to, to like, I guess, choose to go one over the other whenever it, it doesn't seem to necessarily matter. So I didn't know if it was just like, kind of like a, a play style type thing where like, if it fits your play style or you're comfortable with, X item, then go for it. If not, just build full AP. I think it is a little bit of both. Like sometimes, you know, some champions are like some items or some champions are just so strong that going full AP is good. Um, but sometimes I think it's also your play style because I, I don't want to stay too long on support items because I can go on too too long. But <laughs> um, but I personally think Harmonic Echo is a super underrated item, especially on supports that only have shielding. Because like Harmonic Echo, it, it's like Ludens, but instead of dealing damage, it heals your teammates, right? Which I find on, especially like Lulu, some people will hate me for saying this, but Luxes, um, <laughs> just Karmas, like, Supports who have strictly just shielding as their defensive thing, no healing. I find Harmonic Echo super, super strong on them because you can add that, so you can like supplement their shielding with healing, which is like kind of double effective because the enemy has to burn through the shield before they can get the health bar, which is being healed by Harmonic Echo. And it gives mana, so you can kind of spam out the shield, which is which can help a lot with poke. Um, if like any of your teammates or you get low, you can shield someone and then you can like after like two, three shields, you can get like quite a lot of health back. So mm-hmm. I find harmonic echo an absolutely underrated item, but it's also a bit on your playstyle, right? Cause I think we all know and love Sour Cream here in the Discord, AP Recon, right? So mm-hmm. it's like his playstyle yeah. is backline assassin, right? Some other people, like some other Rakan's playstyle, is being more of a, you know, tank initiator. So them, you know, building more tank to fit their playstyle better, you know, can be uh, super helpful for them. So it kind of yeah. depends on your playstyle, but also what's meta, right? Because if you know, full AP Nami is just so busted; it's free LP. There's not really, there's usually not great reasons to go against, you know, what's super strong at the moment. So, yeah, harmonic echo yeah. on Lux is, is pretty broken because once you get to the late game <laughs> AP scaling, it's like you get this massive shield and then like all this health. It's kind of nutty. Um, once they put in Rift Maker and Cosmic Drive and Imperial Mandate, I feel like. Arden sensor and some of the other support items just kind of lost their flair. Like I don't even see people build protectors vow anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I think people just go straight into tank items that like just keep them healthy and strong than having mm-hmm. tank items that support people. I think another super underrated support item is uh, Zeke's convergence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of people don't like read the passive and see how strong mm-hmm. the passive is and what you can do mm-hmm. with it. Um, most engaged supports that I play, that's like a third item. Depending, Especially if they have heavy AP, that's like 
second, third item. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's play style and also what, like, as you kind of mentioned, like, um, tank junglers are a little bit more forgiving with their build path because, like, they can either just adapt to whatever the enemy uh, damage threat is. Um, but either way, all supports this is hopefully my last thing about items, but like all okay. items can be situ situational and can be helpful. So like if your vein is fed, if your jinx is fed, if you're like ADC super strong, attack speed carry, build art and sensor, right? It's just going to be even more of a free win. So mm -hmm. um, no matter what, there is going to be a situation for a almost every item. Um, so you kind of have to learn when to build which items. You, you yeah. can put a Zeke's Convergence on an Enchanter, too. It's kind of nutty. Mm -hmm. Put Zeke's Convergence on Lulu or Nami, and you're just standing yeah. in the back line, and your ADC is dealing even more damage now. Yeah, I always run it like second. No, usually third item. Usually, when I, whenever I play Blitzcrank, it's just yeah. ridiculous, because like, you're pulling them basically close, close to your team. Hopefully not right to your ADC so they can kill your ADC, but, you know, and his ult comes back so fast, like, you're almost waiting on the Zeke's Convergence more than you are your ult uh, yeah. to go on cooldown. So, Especially liking. Um, last thing I'll ask you guys about, because the, uh, the new support items, the Relic Shield and the Sickle, uh, give that enchant cooldown, um, on takedowns um what like enchants do you guys like to run especially with uh those support items giving it such a low cooldown now i, I think meteor and redemption and veil enchant i think if the two most underrated and underused boot items right now i think are veil enchant and uh, <laughs> repulsor because I don't think people re really respect the Repulsor, especially when they're going into like Katarina's or uh, any other assassins. Because mm -hmm. uh, as soon as they try to close in on you before they get away, you just Repulsor and then they like knocked up for a second. Uh, and then Veil <laughs> Enchant, since like all the CC is just like every single matchup you play, it just has like a crap ton of CC now. Um, mm -hmm. Nautilus, like total ren nautilus morgana ulti karma ulti like rendered completely useless by a veil enchant because it negates it for up to three nearby allies and i didn't realize i didn't i had to reread yeah. it the other day and i was like oh that's like Crazy. half my team just walks away cc free mm -hmm. but i think yeah meteor redemption and then one of those two yeah are like yeah. the best ones to chain off of the support passive yeah, for sure. And it's I find it's also kind of like whether you're a tank or um enchanter cuz like especially as an enchanter you like you definitely want to make use of, you know, veil, um protect meteor, um uh passive especially to like help whoever is fed like your ADC on your team help them keep them alive a little bit more. Just, you know, making you as an enchanter a better enchanter. Um, for tanks, I find um, either Stone Plate, Protobelt, Locket are usually pretty good, and uh, Ionian Mag, uh, not just Magnet, Magnet Tron is also super good um, for peeling, uh, especially if you're a tank for peeling whoever is fed, because you know you just get a free taunt on your boots. So it's kind of situational, um, I find, because for a veil, I agree, super underrated item. And I find that it best scales off with the skill of like your ADC or your carry, right? Because the better they are, the more value you're going to get out of the veil because you can keep them alive so much better, right? Because you just get a free, um, what is that? Spell shield. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's super super good for that and then you know just generic tanky items or engage items for a tank um supports is usually the way to go yeah yeah super cool um do you guys have anything else you guys want to tell people like before we 
kind of close out the episode, like anything we maybe didn't talk about that you guys are like, I think every support should know this. Um, I think I just repeat what I said last week is just stick to three champions and have an enchanter and have an engage mm-hmm. support, uh, know your matchups. Um, and go watch some videos on how to get better at laning phase because uh, the support gap is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Support gap is real. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you guys have any plugs or anything you guys want to do? Sun, where can we find you? Uh, you can finally find me in the Discord. Um, definitely, I will be there. You can also find me on Twitter at Son of a Star and Twitch um, at Son of a Star Two. There's a zero instead of a O in there somewhere. You guys should be able to figure it out. I stream friendly fives um, most of yep. the time. Um, please, guys, if you're listening to this, show up to the Discord. Show up for friendly fives. It is definitely a ton of fun. Um, if you're not already there, you're unfortunately missing out, and you know no one wants to be, you know, missing out. But um, yeah, yep. and uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's can't think of anyone else. Son is just like we're getting ready to do a support support episode. I'm like, son, we got to get son back on. So <laughs> thanks for being here, uh, Bonsai. How about you? Where can people find you? Um. People can just find me on Discord now, but uh, I'm awesome. probably going to be taking a step back for a while. Um, yep. And I think kind of like finding again what I want to keep doing in the Wild Rift community. So cool. I'll be here. Cool. People want to reach out for coaching or games or anything like that. Just you know where to find me in the Attack Baron Discord. Yep. Come on. Another reason for you to join the Discord. So, yeah, we, I appreciate you coming on, Bonsai. I know you have a lot of experience in the in the uh, support role as well. So I appreciate you coming and sharing your wealth of knowledge with us and the listeners, of course. So teaching me because, yeah. <laughs> like, I play it, but, you know, I don't know everything else <laughs> to. So uh, anyways, all right, let's go get on the rip. All right. All right.